a Nickelodeon original podcast. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements ad-free with Avatar Braving the Elements Premium on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe today. Hello, friends, benders, and non-benders alike. Welcome to Braving the Elements, Nickelodeon's podcast about all things Avatarverse. I'm Janet Varney. And I'm Dante Bosco, and I'm very excited about this week's episode, Varney. Yeah, me too, buddy. I am so excited. We have a very amazing roster of guests joining us for our discussion today. That's it? That's all you're going to say? What? I mean, Varney, I'm excited about the guests too, but let's not downplay the significance of what's going to happen here today. Uh, yeah, no, totally. Which is which is what now that you're what we are changing the very fabric of the Avatar verse, Varney. Oh yes. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. That is a big deal. Yes, because we're going to talk uh, to our pals today about creating. New types of bending. I see where you're going with this. Yes, and it's not kind of a big deal. It is a big deal. No, no, no. You're absolutely right. You are so right, buddy. I I should have, like, ironed my shirt. I don't know. I, I should have honored this huge, <laughs> huge, huge moment that's happening. Um, you know what? Let's just jump into it. You want to bring in our brilliant innovators right now? Yes, obviously. Yes. Let's, let's change history today right now. Let's go. Okay. Feels like a lot of pressure, buddy. Feels like a lot of pressure. So with just the <laughs> slightest bit of trepidation for what we're bringing our friends into, I do want to welcome our delightful guest for today. P- first, please welcome Tiffy Starchild, who Hi. describes herself as a content creator living an incredibly nerdy, colorful life, which as soon as I read that, I was like, oh yeah, that's exactly how I also feel too. So welcome into the family, Tiffy. How are you? I'm very good. How are you? <laughs> Doing so great. Are you feeling the pressure of Dante saying we're changing the fabric of the Avatarverse? Yeah, I, I I just want to do a fun little Avatar chat with some new friends, and because I love Avatar, to know that we were changing the universe. But I'm ready. I'm always ready to change the universe. You have a name that's like ready to change the universe. Like, thank you. You know what thank I mean? Mm-hmm. That's the that's name what I was going for. It. It's a cool name. It's a cool thank name. You. I can't lie. And where are you coming to us from, Tiffy? I'm in San Diego, California. Okay, next we have the amazing Noah Nordengren, an OG Avatar fan whose first autograph from the Avatarverse was none other than our very own Dante Bosco. Welcome, yeah, Noah. What? what? How are you? How yeah. Are you? Where was it at? Where, where did we meet? Uh, it wasn't a Comic-Con. It was like right in the early days of COVID, like when we were like still trying to figure out what the world was going to look like. You were selling autographs on your website or something. And I thought, oh, I oh why not? Let's just let's just do this. this I think this we did a streamily. Fun. We did a streamily online That's signing. right. Very cool. Yeah. I love that you say that so casually, like, yeah, you figured, you know, why not? That suggests that you maybe just have like one or two autographs from the Avatarverse because that was fairly recent. But um, I feel like we have a little inkling that that is not entirely the case. Oh, no. Um, how many autographs do you have at this point? Uh, I always get this count wrong. It's something like 30 or 40 at this point, maybe what? upwards of 45. Okay. I don't mess around. Um, I pretty much have everyone from the main gang and i'm just trying to fill it in with random people i uh, i just got lauren tom not too long ago so judy, judy. oh yeah there is no warren bossing say that's right that's right <laughs> that's super impressive but again yeah i love that it was just like yeah i just figured why not a couple years ago and as you said you don't mess around um that is awesome and dante who do we have as our final amazing guest well finally we have caitlin music who is a true multi-hyphenate. She teaches dance, crafts handmade items, and is in a band with an absolutely awesome name, Muggle Snuggle. Huh? <laughs> That's Welcome, right. Caitlin. What's up? What's up, Caitlin? Hi, it's great being here and great to see your faces after listening to the podcast for so long. Amazing. We are so excited to have you. Now, we just, just getting the hint from Dante that you are a crafter and an artist, um, What's going on with that Appa backdrop behind you? Oh, yeah. I uh, was so excited to see you, and I had to get that energy out some way, so I made a three-foot by four-foot Appa and Momo to be my background for the day. It's amazing. I'm always going to get on board for the tongue. 
if you're drawing right? Appa, bring that tongue in there. It makes him extra cute. You know, I it's did not expect so to be cute. licked by a tongue today, but here we are. <laughs> Give us the genre of some muggle snuggle. So muggle snuggle um, primarily was in the Harry Potter verse, uh, writing our own music. What instruments are you playing? I play auto harp and then the Irish baron. Um, uh, we play things like uh, zither and um, an accordion. We're very eclectic. We have a fun time. What was that second instrument you said right now? Uh, baron. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, a, it's a large circular Irish drum. That okay. It's like a hand drum that you use. Uh, um, so Sounds like some Hobbit music going on in there. I, I really, I am a Hobbit. Middle if, Earth you know, music popping yeah, if off I, in there. If I'm, if I'm in D&D, I'm probably some sort of Hobbit character. Okay. okay. This I is interesting because... I love those instruments. I know, I do too. I have an auto harp. You would, Barney. <laughs> when, that ba- when that baby starts to fall out of tune, I am like, ruh-roh, because that is a yeah. lot of strings. Like, you have to, it's like 32 strings. So you have to, like, yeah. plan before performing that, you're, like, everything, like, yes. yeah. Yeah. But you have to say that. The auto harp is Grey Delisle. Grey Delisle. Grey Delisle. Oh, awesome. It's a good instrument. Yeah, you can make, like, those, like, science fiction-y noises with it, can't you? Oh, I mean... You can make any sound with any instrument. I mean, you could really warp it. My my brother-in-law's a violinist and he likes to see like what can I make out of my violin that's not a violin song sound. Wow. <laughs> nice. So fast. Okay, so we're we're dealing yeah. with a musical family here. This is good to know. Yeah, we are. <laughs> okay. So great having all you guys here. And I want to ask you guys specifically about Avatar. What what keeps bringing you guys back to Avatar uh, time and time again as far as messages or values? Uh, you first, Tiffy. Um, for me, it, it just became a comfort show in 2020 during that time. And there's something about it. I find I just find it very comforting. I like watching Aang's journey. I like watching how these young kids have to overthrow a system. Everything is stacked against them. They only have each other. They're very much a found family, of course, besides the ones that are you know, blood related. And then when you get to Korra, it just flips that on its head. It's not so much comforting, but we're in this same world and we get to see the flip side of that story. A completely different avatar, a different group of friends. They're a bit older. Nickelodeon seems like they were like, okay, let's give them violence. Let's use the word died instead of gone and things like that. So (laughs) just from both of the series, it gives me so much as a fan, as a person that likes storytelling, as a person that likes to side with villains a lot. I can make a lot of excuses for these villains. Some of them are a little bit valid now. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) Uh, When did you first discover the show, Tiffy? Like how long has it been in your world? Mainly since it appeared on Netflix. So um, when it first came out, I couldn't really catch episodes. It was like a here and there type thing. I heard of this show, Avatar. It sounds cool, but I never could get into it. When it was on Netflix and I had a chance to binge watch everything, it was was instant. I became an instant fan. So I have respect for the OGs that have been there since day one. What did they have to wait? A week between episodes? It couldn't be me. (laughs) The universe knew I wasn't built for that, so I had to do it all at once. <laughs> I hear that. I mean, that was the, that was such a gift to everyone to have it available in this totally new way. I think we often talk about this on the podcast, Dante and I, where we feel like it happened when the world needed it most. And I, so for people who who found it that way, it's like a, such a perfect time emotionally too to you know to get to know this universe and to feel comforted by it and to also feel like it's reflecting back things that are happening in real life, but also mm-hmm. offering up like this kind of very soothing, wonderful, delightful, magical world too, you know? Mm-hmm. What about, the, what about you? Like, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go oh, I'm ahead. Just saying, I think it's great too, because I also have adult money now. So since it's popular for hey. everyone and people are coming out with all the different things, I'm just like, I'll take one of you and hey. I'll take one of you. <laughs> Adult money. Something to be said for that. Something to be said for that. What about you, Noah? Where were you in your life when you found Avatar? And um, and then tell us, you know, what Dante asked about kind of what it means to you and, and why you come back to it. I mean, as Tiffy says, like, there's people out there who are part of the OG of the Avatar world. I don't think there's anybody more OG than I am. Like, I remember watching the first episode with my father and my twin sister when... Mm-hmm. 
we were uh, young. Like I remember when that episode premiered and like I have like this amazing ability to pick out when something's going to be a hit. I've always had it ever since I was like a young kid. Like when I first saw Avatar as a kid, I thought, you know what? This show's going to go places. I, I didn't know what that looked like at the time. And I was like, this this is going to be like a hit, like just also, you didn't realize how much that show shaped you as a kid. Like you learned so much about like Eastern philosophy and even like currently in grad school, what, what if I'm doing in school, like, like that relates so much to what I do. Like I'm actually writing papers with Avatar as like a symbolism and like talking about that in the classes. And it's like, nobody knows the show. Well, none of my teachers know the show, but like all my fellow students, like when they hear about Avatar, like. I go to different things wearing avatar shirts and people are like, Oh my gosh. Yes. Also what this show means to me is it's just, it's just brilliant storytelling. Like you don't, you don't put a show like that on television. Like I think, well, you didn't put a show on television like that at the time. Like it was a very smart show. Like everybody recognizes how smart that show was. And I think it's just incredible that Nickelodeon was like so cool with like allowing like that show to be on the air, especially in light of like, what was going on at the time of like the, the war in Iraq, you had also the very deep, deeply troubling problems of the time. And even it still carries over to today. Yeah. I'm so curious what you're, what, how you're, what are you studying that you're kind of able to incorporate like lessons from the avatar verse? That's so awesome. Oh, yeah. I'm kind of doing a philosophy theology degree. So it's actually quite delightful. Caitlin, what about you? Tell us about your history with the avatar verse and, and why you come back to it time and again. Sure. Um, so I um, first got into it. I was in kind of college when it came out. So I was not paying attention to Nickelodeon or TV at the time. Um, but whenever I came back, moved back home about around like 2010, 2011, my cousin, um, was like, you have to see this because her kids were of an age where they were watching it every week. And then they were like, you have to watch it. This, this series is so great. They're like, especially Guru Patik, because I was studying yoga at the time and they knew that I was really big into yoga and Kundalini and the chakras. And they're like, oh my gosh, this episode, it like teaches my kids about what you're learning. And I thought it was so interesting. And so I watched that. That was my first episode was um, the guru. And I come back to it. I like many of you like came back to it whenever um, it was COVID. Uh, I had my baby on March 2nd of 2020. And we came home from the oh. hospital and everything shut down. Um, so it is my fault. I apologize, everyone. Um, and uh, <laughs> that's but, ridiculous. It's your baby's fault. Yes. It was, thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I get how the tree is one big thing, but the whole world. Sure. You think you're any different from me, or your friends, or this tree? If you listen hard enough, you can hear every living thing breathing together. You can feel everything growing. We're all living together, even if most folks don't act like it. We all have the same roots, and we are all branches of the same tree. I tend to come back to it time and time again because of like themes like love and letting go and, and open-mindedness and the idea that the illusion is the separation is that, but the reality is that we are all connected. Yes. So that's what brings me back time and time again. I Love that so much. Does that translate for you, Caitlin, to have is, is the guru still or is it one of your favorite episodes? Oh, of yeah, it's definitely one of my top, top favorites. Yeah. I bet you love the swamp, too. I do. I'm, I guess I you know what? No, I think I'm a, I, my dad was a philosophy major. So I feel like I feel that, you know, that looking into something deeper and trying to find deeper meanings, they, they say that like, nonfiction is people who like to categorically look at things and learn from that. And people who like fiction are people who like to learn life lessons through storytelling. So I yes. think that there's a beauty in learning life lessons through storytelling in an accessible way. Thank you, Swamp Guru. Thank you, Guru Patik, for all of these amazing lessons that have come to us. Noah, what about you? Do you have a couple favorite episodes of Avatar The Last Airbender? Oh, that is a tough question. I know, that is I'm a so really sorry. tough question. I hate when um, people ask me that. <laughs> oh, I mean, 
I think the Ember Island players is probably the funniest Ooh. thing. It's just book three, like book three, book three, Ember Island. Also, Sokka's master. I remember that being a really cool episode Very when it cool. came out, and also the fact that you have Robert Patrick, who is the Terminator himself. Yes, and also just just the Sozin's comet arc is just so incredible. Just especially like with Mark Hamill, like Luke Skywalker himself. Like, I think it's just so incredible. Just all the scenes that, like, especially you, Dante, have with uh, Mark and you just going back and forth. Like, I remember you once described it as, like, being, like, a Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker moment. And it's like, oh, my gosh, that just must have been so incredible. Oh, wow. Sounds like you like hanging out in the Fire Nation. Not a bad place to hang out for (laughs) a while. That's his takeaway. That is his takeaway. (laughs) Divi, what about you? Do you have a couple favorites? I do. Okay, so don't get mad at me. So for me, it's Zaheer. I maybe have a little crush on Zaheer. Oh, you're jumping so, to Cora. Okay. Well, I was just asking no, you about Last Air, but we're gonna have to bring you back for Cora so we can talk about oh, oh, yeah. the brilliant and terrifying Zaheer. I'm my bad, that my, my bad. I'll just, just put that in my pocket. It's, there's no bad to it. Yeah, Avatar Last Airbender. But side note, agree on Zaheer. For sure, for sure. Uh, definitely Princess Princess Yue's arc and just Ooh. that moment. She is my favorite character. And there's just something so baller about her looking around and being like, man, okay, I got to do it for my people. Bye. And then she just like clocks out. <laughs> that is, is beautiful and it's sad. And that entire thing just gets my heart. So it's Princess Yue's arc and episode yes. for me. Plus she's a fashion more. icon of the Avatar. She is a fashion verse. icon. Fashion yeah. icon Perfection. of the Avatarverse. Perfection. She's like, let me give them a slick updo. I'm going to do these edges. I'm going to have these loops. She's always down. killing the game. Even when she comes Absolutely. back in spirit form later on, she's just fantabulous. She's, she's giving every always. time. And that's why she's my icon. Yeah, she's fresh in our minds because we just watched The Awakening not too long ago. And, you know, Ooh. here's this like very special surprise guest appearance by uh, The Moon, who agreed is. Fabulous in every way. I Fabulous. love who? her outfits. I mean, we always get so excited. Her outfits. When who see who made Yue that cosplay. outfit, Princess Yue? Who, who are you rocking on the runway right now? This moon runway. <laughs> that thing is amazing. Water Tribe has it going on. When it Water comes to that fashion. Mm hmm. Agree. How about you, Caitlin? Uh, do you have a favorite uh, episode in uh, book three or in throughout Avatar The Last Airbender? Bender? Oh, um, actually, so book three favorite is The Puppet Master. Ah. I'm just just gonna put that out there, and okay. and I'll, I'll explain later. You know, like we'll come back around <laughs> to it because we're about to talk about bending, so we'll bring it back. Good but I, I must say, um, it that one really lit a fire in my brain, and I it got me thinking about different types of bending. We asked all our guests that come on the show, "What is your favorite hybrid animal in the Avatarverse?" <laughs> let's start with uh, let's start with Caitlin. Oh man, Fufu cuddly poops. I mean, um, this is the 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 baby <laughs> moose lion. Like you know, like yes, this little cute thing. And Sokka's stuck. It's coming up. It like tries to fetch him something. It's I mean, cute when it's small. It's cute when they're pups. They're, <laughs> it's, it's very cute. Very when they're small, it's cute. <laughs> yeah, it's that maternal instinct. I like little tiny things. Yeah, so like, the, like the babies. But that, well, that, you're gonna have love, a very loyal that. beast when it get when it grows up. So yeah. Hopefully. You can like both versions. What What about you, Tiffy? What's your favorite hybrid animal in the Avatarverse? Uh, the turtle ducks. Just for I, the win, for the win, always turtle ducks. Turtle ducks. I I don't know, and just the way that mommy turtle duck came after Zuko like that, so they're fierce. Like you look real cute, but I'll mess you up, and that's just a vibe I respect every day. <laughs> Yeah, the turtle ducks are there. I see so many turtle ducks in Avatar. I'm thinking about them having them on my shelf. Like sometimes when I see ducks in a pond, I'm looking for the turtle duck. <laughs> like in real life, I'm like, "Where's the turtle duck one?" Though? You're like, "What's wrong with this animal? Why like, is it so?" I know. Where's the one with the shell? Did you guys see the shell one or no? You know what? I guarantee you, anytime you're at a pond, if there's a handful of people, at least one other person will know what you're talking about, and they will agree. Uh, and everyone else will go, like, yeah. "What is wrong with both of you?" <laughs> Noah, what's your favorite hybrid animal in the Avatarverse? Oh, I, I've always been a sucker for the ostrich horse. I think those things are just so incredible. Like they get very little screen time, but I think if you're going to basically run an errand or run a message somewhere, you need an ostrich horse. Oh yeah, mm. 
I stole I one of those that. one time from somebody. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yes, you did. Mm-hmm. I stole it. Mm-hmm. But I like to think that Zuko, when he became um, Fire Lord, he sent a, a, a whole stable of Ostra's horses back to that family for yeah. stealing their Ostra. He yeah. needed it at the time. It wasn't cool. It's an uncool thing to do. He did. He took it. Didn't ask yeah, nobody that's nothing. Right. They're, they're very cool, slick animals. I, well, and you, we see that you're wearing an Earthbender T-shirt, too. So you picked a very quintessential Earth Kingdom animal, too. Like, it's extremely useful. You yes. see it. They're loved and cared for. So I feel like that's of a piece because we know you love that Earth Kingdom. So I, of course. Uh, I, I support and applaud that. Y'all, we have got to ask you maybe the, one of the most controversial questions that people ask in the Avatarverse. But you know we got to do it. We got to know. Noah. Who do you ship from the Avatarverse? Ooh, you know, I have been thinking about this. I have literally been thinking about this. I, I am so sorry, Dante. I am really sorry. Don't Get apologize. Your life, buddy. Don't, okay. Don't apologize to me. Uh, but also okay. at the same time, but also at the same time, I think Ty Lee deserved someone. I don't know who, but I think Ty Lee deserved someone. She at the has end, a heavy like, May- crush on Sokka. She has that heavy crush on Sokka. But Sokka and Suki make so much, so much sense, sense to me. Like, I'm thinking maybe it was a minor character from earlier in the series because they're all at that party at the end of the season. Right. Like, maybe she meets someone. And as we're getting into book three here in the in the podcast, as we're rewatching it, a lot of the Katang vibes are happening. It's 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 progressing pretty fast now as we're getting into the first few episodes of book three. So I see what you're yeah. saying, Noah. Mm-hmm. Well, Zuko's making out with May nonstop, so he's I mean, can't bother you too much. That also <laughs> progressed pretty quickly. Like, what is going? Well, they are teenagers, you know. These things happen. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, I always love when uh, when Olivia and and Gray are at cons. They'll talk about like shipping Tyzula, which I sort of love because I love that Ty Lee is sort of unbothered by you know she's like she's seen of all of the people in Azula's life, maybe with the exception of May, but they both sort of have this like. Oh, Azula, like they're, you know what I mean? Like Tylee is like, yes, of course she doesn't want anything bad to happen to her. But I feel like there's, she she kind of takes Azula down a bit because she's like, yeah, she's just like, okay, Azula, whatever. Yeah, I know. And Azula's like setting her nets on fire. Like, I'll kill you if you don't come with me. How about that? Not too much of my girl Azula. Not too much. (gasps) That's right. (laughs) That's right. We have our adversary defender here and I love it. Tiffy, (laughs) might as well tell us who do you ship from the Avatarverse? I, I'm a big Taizula fan as well. I love Ty-Zula. that. I also feel I'm a modern woman. I don't think Katara has to choose. I think you could have a little Aang, you could have a little Zuko. Oh Ooh. my God. And they very different needs as friends. Wow. And why should she have to choose? I mean... <laughs> Dante's really <laughs> thinking about it. Okay. All I think right. we should just broaden the horizon a little. Let's yeah. see. I mean, you know, Katara's a modern woman. You know, we don't know That's what right. she did. That's right. That's it right. It could be beautiful. It could be beautiful. When she needs to go mess somebody up, she she runs with Zuko. When she needs a nice <laughs> emotional, spiritual connection, she she kicks it with Hang. Everybody's cool. happy. That's the thing. Sometimes I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm Why absorbing. Are we fighting? <laughs> you're gonna this, heal. You're gonna heal this rift in the Avatar verse. You're gonna just heal it right now. About happening. Unity, community, all coming together. The four elements. Let's get an Earthbender up in the mix for funsies. <laughs> I love it. Caitlin, what do you think? Who are you shipping these days in the Avatar verse? You know, I came here ready to fight for for my girls, and everybody seems to already be talking about Azula and Ty Lee. Ty Zula, I am a big fan of a strong woman, and there is no man, you can see it in the beach, there is no man who can handle the energy that Azula is bringing. What does she need? She needs energetic, spunky, someone who reframes. That That is why that match is so good. Is she toxic? Yes. But I tell you, there are, I know a lot of lady and lady relationships being one myself that 
this is a this is a trope that's out there. We've got the strong and we've got the spunk and it works. And I think that they can balance each other out. Azula helps to get Ty, um, Ty Lee was in the circus. She was enjoying it. But why did she join the circus? Because she did, wanted to be different than her siblings. She wanted to stand out. She was looking for something in her life to be special and to stand out. And Azula, it, she's going to continuously push Ty, uh, Ty Lee out of her comfort zone and into situations. So I am a big fan of those two together. I love Ty it. Zula. I didn't know I was starting that fire when uh, when I brought it up offhandedly. I'm so excited that we have like a, a little bit of a minor theme going on for this episode with some Ty Zula love. That is gorgeous. So here's the part of the conversation where we'd normally ask each of you what kind of bender you would be, and we, we are going to do that. But this is a very special episode of Braving the Elements, and we think we should probably save that question for the end of the conversation, because today we're going to do something that uh, some might deem impossible, uh, what some might think is too dangerous, what some might say threatens what we may think about the Avatarverse. Okay, I, I, listen, if I may jump in here, I feel like we've already established for today that we want to hear from you about what kind of bending we should, let's say we'll all invent it together and why. And we're just going to reassure Dante all along the way that this, that maybe this won't break the fabric of the Avatarverse. Um, I don't you know. know. I, mean? I, just hope, I just hope we make it through the other side, Barney. I just hope we make <laughs> it through too. to the other side. I do, too. I don't want to rock your Fire Nation uh, boat too much. This is not the first time fans of the Avatarverse have had a conversation like this. People have been talking about inventing new forms of bending since almost as long as there has been an Avatarverse. Noah, I see you over there nodding, so I know I'm right. Oh, big time, big time. Definitely, I remember early on, there were all these conversations about all the subsects of bending, and like everybody's like, okay, like, could we do metal bending even before metal bending was a thing or would lava bending even work if lava bending was a thing? I, I mean, recreating different bending styles like this, this is the heart and soul of the avatar universe. Let's jump in, Caitlin. What do you think? Yeah, Caitlin, what, so what's the concept you had then? Sure. Um, the first one off the top of my head is light bending is is taking and refracting light. I think about, I'm a theater kid, so I think about the way that we use stage lighting and mirrors and yes. think about magicians. So I feel like a light bender. Also, if you're a fan of the um, book and TV show, The Magicians, that one of the, those mm. people is a light. And so working with the idea of how do we shape light and how can we change it uh, to our advantage? I love that. That amazing. I don't think I've ever heard that before. I that have, makes actually. so much sense. It's like the element of light. I mean, it's sort of, it feels like a, that, a little bit of a missing piece. I heard a story, you guys. Uh, <laughs> someone did this. Do you want to hear the story real quick? I'll be doing quick, really Of course quick. we do. Yes. Sure. Yes. So Travis Willingham, who's a, he's, he's a voice actor, you know, Big Trav. And um, yeah. he, I guess his brother-in-law's did this book, The Secret, he, and attracted all these people that do different crazy things. He went to a dinner, and everyone had these weird, different metaphysical things, he said. Crazy. And he said, one guy, I said, what, like what? And Travis was like, we went outside. This one guy said, I have this thing. I don't know what it is. He said, what is it? And he said, uh, it's a light thing. He said, what's a light thing? And he said, I'll show you. And he said, he picked up two rocks off the ground. He said, bang these two things together these rocks he goes what and travis banged the, like like this like he's like knocking them together and then the guy said no like this and he grabbed the two rocks and he slammed them so hard against each other and then light came out of the rocks and the guy grabbed the light and then he like threw it on the wall and did some stuff and then he just like that's what i could do but i don't know what to do with it and travis was like what, what the heck was that <laughs> that's a light bender right there there's a light bender Travis was like, "Don't tell the government about this because you're gonna get you're gonna get thrown into some kind of situation you don't want to be in." They'll tax you for that. They'll tax. I don't you. know. That's how I remember the story. Travis, I don't, know what don't you reach out this. to me and don't. I don't, it's just <laughs> don't it's a story you. he told me at a comic con one time. I it blew my mind. That's a great story. Okay, so we may or may not have proof that there is such a thing as a light bender already. I love Caitlin. it prescient you knew it you sensed it that's amazing what about you noah Do, um you listen you maybe you're prescient about this too because you know you knew when something was going to be a hit so maybe like caitlin you are creating a bender that has been hiding in the shadows this whole time anyway 
What do you think? I'm, I don't know how else to say this, but Caitlin, you stole my idea. (gasps) I'm so sorry. (laughs) Like, I mean, you were thinking about, (laughs) you were thinking about like using the light for, for like changing like stage lighting and all that. I'm thinking about it because simply firebending is overrated and very unsafe. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. (laughs) (laughs) Those are fighting words. Noah. Okay. Go, go, go. I said it. I said it. I'm proud of okay, you for thank- saying that, Noah. <laughs> I try. Um, basically, firebending is overrated and a little unsafe. It's like you're trying to read a book. I'm in a library right now. If I wanted to <laughs> firebend my way, I would have a serious conversation with the with the fire department that lives nearby me, which is actually <laughs> staffed by monks. <laughs> really? Yeah, I literally live by a monastic community, and their fire department is staffed by monks. How? Awesome is that? It's like the airbenders are over there being like, we, if we need to step in, we will. <laughs> uh, they're Benedictines. <laughs> well, the Got concept of, I was going to ask is what what kind of element is light bending? But you're saying the light bending would be a, a, a higher a high form of fire bending. I I do think so because basically it's like you're basically trying to read and it's like you're in a room without lights. Like my dorm room literally has no lights in it, so like I would have to like refract the light from the hallway into my room. That would make sense because the fire, because the sun gives the firebenders, you know, our 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 energy, and of course during an eclipse mm-hmm. we lose our firebending skills. So, mm-hmm. it the sun is light, so mm-hmm. being able to the sun warriors episode, light. yeah. So that's that's one of my favorites as fascinating, well. Fascinating, fascinating. Okay, I like that. So we got two like we got like like minded individuals. Tiffy, what do you think about a, a different form of bending? Anything new coming up about? I have three. Okay. Oh my okay. <laughs> I get, I'm like adjusting myself in my seat like, all right, let's, let's go. I love okay. it. Okay. And these might be strange as like bending concepts, but just like walk with me. Sound bending. Bending sound. Just the different things, you can even weaponize it. Imagine blowing out someone's eardrums or just creating so much noise and static that they can't function. I think we should jot down sound bending. This one might be a little bit straight. Thought bending, which is just psychic attacks. We're getting into mutants at this point, I know. But no, it's so good, though. Bending. Right. Like imagine getting in and if you're not a good person, if you're not aligned with the right side, you could really mess somebody up by getting into their head and literally changing their thought pattern. If there's something about like the physiology of the brain and how thoughts are formed and move about, what if someone can get in and just readjust as they see fit and change the way that you think? That's crazy. Third one, hair bending. Hair bending. Hair bending. Hair. Everything's just a matter of like, oh, I need to switch it up. (laughs) Imagine getting box springs. These normally take 10, 14 hours, one hour tops. Yes. Game changer. I love these so much. I love I love the twist at the end that um, feels maybe a little bit less. um, I don't want to say less powerful, but a a little bit more um, cosmetic in a way that I super, super enjoy. And the thought bending thing is very, I mean, that's brilliant and and terrifying in that along the same lines as what we were talking about with what with blood blending. You know, I mean, just the idea yeah. of thought being bending able to would be manipulate. A, definitely a dark, a dark, a dark bending force. It's like a, it's a dark. A no, I, I have a to no, jump that's in That's a there. no go. No, I, the, no, they, every, the, the, the forces themselves are not good or evil. What if oh, you, you use that thought bending to bring people around to it's see true. good, to it's unify, true. to unite um, that the elements, you know. Even thought bending. It could be. Yeah. It you could know, be. But we don't know. We can it's use whoever's our, controlling yeah. it. The problem is it's who's controlling, controlling it can be it. brainwashing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, there's no Warren Bossing say. They thought they were thought bending <laughs> for good. Yeah. Hands down. The problem is, yeah, the, I think it's a dark art. I think it's like blood bending. I think thought bending. I disagree. Bending, I disagree too. I disagree oh, because I think I Caitlin think nailed it. Caitlin said it's not good or bad, and I think you can extend that to light bending, sound bending, hair bending. It's all about and all of and all of the forms we, we understand. Can't it's about we can't trust ourselves. Who do we, get, we don't know who's oh, policing it? I think okay. In the same way, blood bending can be used for good or bad, but when it's introduced, it was definitely like this one person revolutionized it, thought of it. Mm-hmm. Blood bending was not a good thing. The the idea of 
because I think it ultimately why it's a dark art, why it's a dark bending is because it comes down to consent. At the end of the day, whether you're changing someone's thoughts for good or bad, you're in a space where you do not belong. You don't belong in their blood to make them do something. You don't belong in their head to make them act act against their will. So I would argue that thought bending is dark that can be used for for good. good. It's uh, AI, okay. you guys. This it's AI. Very... We need to regulate it. It's AI. Oh, it needs to be regulated. Now, don't <laughs> take my, no, don't take my beautiful creation and no. do that, Dante. Don't you put that to AI. AI. Dante, I As think the creator the, yeah. of thought bending, <laughs> I've got to say it is not AI. <laughs> I mean. Tiffy, I think also maybe you're a bit of a word bender. Maybe you're a bit of a word bender because you're changing my thought. Word. Yeah, with the what, how you're changing our thoughts here about. Yeah, just putting it out there. Some would call that manipulative. Maybe I like word bending a lot better. Thank you, yeah. Caitlin. It's good. No, I mean that makes sense. The cons- the consent thing is that is a really really good point. I think the place I went when I was thinking about the the positive side was more empathy, mm-hmm. right? Like it was more. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I guess it was less for me. Um, less about you know, like deciding for someone else to change their thinking and more like being able to infuse the experience. That's almost like emotion bending, which also sounds like it could be a little dangerous. Um, But yeah, like creating that opportunity for people because you're right. It's like if it's if it's if you're using it for good, you want people to make their own decisions that are positive. You don't want to just like sort of impose something like that on someone because it's sort of part of the journey that we go on, right? To learn for ourselves. Um, But that's kind of where I was going with it. I was thinking like, you know, if you can, if you can create a scenario in which someone is better able to imagine like being in someone else's shoes or what have you, then like that feels, that feels like less manipulative. Does that make sense? Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I think it'd be wonderful if we like just an avatar, not wonderful if we did, but it's fun to imagine an avatar that faces that decision. Like maybe as the avatar line continues, it's less the spiritual and less strictly elements. And you have avatars that can get into thoughts and things like that. And then it becomes a moral thing of like, listen, I can end this this imbalance. I can end this war, but it requires morally forcing people to do something that maybe they wouldn't. I feel like that's that might be a moment. <laughs> that's it would be. Yeah. That's exactly the kind of quandary that, you know, we find ourselves in in the Avatar verse. I love that. Yeah. What were you going to say, Noah? I was going to say that just sounds like that sounds like you're basically in one of my morality classes with me right now. Because like we always ask this same thing. Like right now I'm in a class where we're looking at like we're looking at like structures that we enable through different like behaviors and all that. And at the same time, like Basically, that could be a premise of an avatar. It's like, what if bending itself? Uh, now I'm going to sound like an equalist for crying out loud. I'm basically, basically, what if bending or like, what if we allow bending to enable, enable the problems? Totally. I mean, the power, I, the power structures, the power structures yeah, changed. Absolutely. What about time mm-hmm. bending, you guys? Is that talk about danger? Like time, time bending. Well, once time if we start, bending. if we do want to start bringing in some of those sprinkles mm. of the Doctor Who's and the, That's, you know, like, eight, oh, I would eighty eight miles that per hour. hour. That's right, yep. exactly. <laughs> I would be in trouble to- with that. Like, Tiffy, you're late. Am I? Am I late? Yeah. Like that would be me every day. I mean, the Avatar <laughs> should be able to time bend because he's connected. He, she, they are connected to all the past life and kind of does go back in their timeline often. And it's mm. there. Mm. The avatar is yeah. right there with time bending. They're so close. It's just like, mm-hmm. yeah. It's just, maybe it's too just close. A, maybe too close. We don't need that. Maybe yeah. we don't. We might not need. That. I mean, the avatar and the fire lord. We literally see Ang spend a whole episode learning about Roku and well, Zuko and Ang spend a whole episode learning about each other's respective pasts. Right. That's a really good yeah. point. Yeah, I mean that's a, that's almost like that is almost the benign version, almost like the empathy we were talking about with with thought bending. Mm-hmm. Like if you can sort of do it, like if I may, pensive style. Like if you can go in and see someone else's memories or see their experience without changing, without having the power to change something, then that could increase your understanding on almost a firsthand basis without mm-hmm. like having that power to be like, well, maybe I just change it right now. And then who knows what happens in the future as everything kind of unfurls, you know, and, and unravels. Then, if you could get into time bending, then you could you could probably take a jump into multiverse bending. Ooh. 
Okay. That let's go there. Let's go there. Let, let, let's you do that. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Once you get the time, we just got to go to the other. What else is you might, there? You might dial right into another. Especially when you have avatars like Kiyoshi, who comes from the past to speak and isn't speaking from memory. Like, it's not right. just a replay of what happened. Yeah. She's like, no. No, I did that man in, and I would do it again to protect my people. Like she spoke totally. fresh of oh, the that's experience. True. That's, that's Dude. very true. I that's mean, very, what a great very episode. True. <laughs> oh, totally. so good, so good. Okay, I love all of the kind of high stakes stuff. Um, Tiffy, I think you were onto something with the hair bending, which is to say, do any of you have ideas for sort of? Those small things, like maybe they're silly. Maybe it would be silly to convert something so small into an actual bending power. You know, I remember when I was like in college, I was like writing um, sketches where that were kind of riffing on the X-Men and, you know, the idea of mutants and stuff. And I had this character who could just talk to moths. It was like, <laughs> how has that helped you? It doesn't. It's just like what my mutation is. I can just I just know what they're thinking. I know that they're like, ooh, something bright, light. <laughs> so does anyone have any good small scale bending? My yeah, yeah. mine you had mine from earlier, the hair bending, mm-hmm. which is okay to consider that silly, but I think that it's also very it's practical. These yes. braids, friend. Yes. Too long. A hundred percent. Caitlin, any any uh lighter lighter level scale of uh, bending ideas yeah um my lighter scale one is uh like smell bending like you know sometimes i would like to take a smell away from me and i would love to just <laughs> bend that away like if i'm doing the litter box i would like to bend that away 100 percent. i love it i was thinking yes. about smell bending too i was like there's a there's a thing we're talking about superhero powers like you might just get the bad power and you're like your power is you can smell everything you're like why is that my power <laughs> <laughs> my power is i can smell too much of the world <laughs> everything like you could smell everything you're like your smell man i don't want to be yeah, smell like man. i can't be around you're anyone smell man dude this is why someone becomes a like a nomad they're like i can't be anywhere too long it they're smells like, too much your here. smell man that's your power you can smell <sighs> better than anyone in the whole universe <laughs> smell at man, that point no you man. have to become a villain you have to earn that's respect right. in the streets somehow what smell choice do you man? have Smellman has to become a villain. If he gets funding, if he links up with a more powerful villain, he has options. But if you are Smellman and they are teasing you for your natural born gift, you got to make them pay. That's your only. We we got a superhero team. We got Smellman. We got Hair Girl. We got like we got these superhero squad. That's like what kind of superhero squad are you? Like we're the new superhero squad. Yeah. We're the okay, ones that Noah. showed up. The Avengers, they're not here. They didn't come oh, through yeah. for you. This is who you get. This is who Smell you man, get today. Girl. And who do we got with you, Noah? <laughs> and we got Ice Cream Man. <gasps> I'm listening. Ice, how Basically. Does it work? How does he work? How does it work? <laughs> Basically, it's like he can just summon whatever ice cream that he needs. And just he like rides in on like a silver surfer wave of ice cream. Oh, sounds delicious. <laughs> delicious. It. Listen, I feel like there are some serious situations where we got some hangry people or maybe we just have like people who are just not in a great mood. You put some ice cream in front of those people. You'd be surprised how quickly they become more open minded about compromise that I truly believe that. So I think it's brilliant. You're the ice cream bender, smell bender, hair bender. This is yeah. a brand new gang that we don't know what's happening in this gang. This gang has a different... Quick, somebody come up with a fourth one. Somebody come up with a fourth oh, one. We have a well, new cycle. Well, I mean, listen, I have, I have introduced a moth bender. So, I mean, I'm sure if you moth really bender. get those moths together may, and can, can maybe get them to focus on something that's not just bright light, they're going to be yeah, real like, happy. Why? So, the well, the light, the light bender moths? can help them. You know, the light bender would <gasps> the call them towards... The yeah, they could join forces... Maybe the moth some funding. is the beginning of something that we don't know. <laughs> you guys, yes. Yes. This changes everything. Dante, you've converted me. You've converted me. We've changed everything. I didn't realize that we I was going to be most enthusiastic about the one, simple ones. Yeah. But we have changed the fabric of the Avatarverse. Now, with all of these new inventions that we've come up with, yes. we probably better find out. You can take a new one. You can take a classic. Yeah. But we has do need to know what has, kind has of bender you would be. Your, your bending. Has it influenced? Your bending, have it influenced your, bend, your bending position. Exactly. Uh, who, Caitlin, who wants to tell us. Caitlin? 
Oh, sure. Absolutely. I've been waiting for this moment my whole life. <laughs> I, I am a bender. I'm a dance teacher. Yeah, I'm a dance teacher. People listen to me and they do things. I would be a blood, a blood bender. But people pay me to get them to move the way that I want them to move, to do the things that I want them to do. They're like, yeah, I'll do it. This is great. So it's consensual bloodbending. I also think about bloodbending as a healing art. Like think about if someone had something in like um, a heart issue or something in their blood that that being able to work with them for healing purposes. So my my, yeah. my thought has always been that I would be in the water tribe a type of waterbender that would be a bloodbender and that it would be for, I, I would use my powers for good because that's the kind of person I am. You're walking the line. I walk in the tell line. You I love right that now. so much. You walk that line. I will. You walk that line. <laughs> it just takes one tip. Great. You can just one get one toe. You can have a bad day bloodbending and <laughs> your toe goes over that line. You're going to be a, you're going to be a line crosser. Well, then don't, and then, don't cross my line. You know, don't, uh, don't do it. Duke. Remind me how many people the fire nation killed Dante. <laughs> I mean, it, it's history. It's, very- <laughs> <laughs> it's history. I, I love Caitlin's choice. Noah, what about you? Tell us what kind of bender you are. Oh, boy, this is tough. I mean, I'm born in June. I, uh, I'm from Iowa, which basically puts me like this weird, like, I'm either a summer, so I'm either a firebender, or I'm, or I'm from Iowa, which is very earthy, earthy. very much, very farming but at the same time it's like i'm born in early june so it's like i gotta be an earthbender i'm sorry like i just love that the singular style of movement like the hungar form of kung fu that is the basis of earthbending it's just so cool it's like just so effortless just smooth just like firebending is a little chaotic for me but i love also just the uh no one no i'm hearing a lot of uh I don't, you know, just a lot of slander, a lot of slander, (laughs) fire nation slander in your tone. I mean, I love you, man. I I mean, you're like, you are the voice of my childhood sometimes. Like, Zuko, Jake Long, like Rufio. Come on, man. I'm just. Rufy. Uh, hey, I'm just saying a lot of great people, good folks out there in the Earth Kingdom, really <laughs> strong, earnest people, very powerful people. And you are, uh, for people that are watching the visual of the podcast, he's very Earth Kingdom. You're wearing Earth Kingdom gear. The background's very woody. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're yeah. not Earth Kingdom, I don't know yeah. what is. And and I'm six four. I'm a I'm a big dude, so it's like I'm very uh, you're bolder. Like you're, you're a bolder kind of guy. You're a bolder kind of guy. The bolder no longer feels conflicted. That's a great and bolder impression. Great. A, a philosophical bold, bolder. Yeah. Philosophical uh, bolder guy. Yes. I met a I met Mick Foley, who was the voice of the Boulder last yes. year at the Twin Cities Comic Con, and he great and guy. I did a we did a voice back and forth of the Boulder, and it was like so fun. The boulder feels conflicted about fighting a young blind girl. Sounds to me like you're scared, boulder. The boulder's over his conflicted feelings, and now he's ready to bury you in a rock avalanche. Whenever you're ready, the pebble. Love that. I absolutely love that. Okay. That just leaves us with the brilliant and wonderful Tiffy, who is going to tell us... (laughs) With all this conversation, where are you falling in the bending department, Tiffy? Well, I'm a Pisces, so you would think that I would be Water Tribe, especially because we know we have it with the fashion in the Water Tribe. However, however, however it's going to be the Fire Nation for me. <gasps> Fire Nation for the win. Let's go. Let's go. Fire Nation. Bam, let's go. What a twist. What's our gang sign for Fire Nation? I don't know what it is. <laughs> Let me stop. It's this, this Fire Nation. I was going to say, I think, Fire it's, I think it's living Fire Nation. Fire Nation all day, all day. Yes. And part of that reason Good is because Good folks out there in the Fire Nation. Good folks out there in the Fire Nation. Good folks in the Fire Nation. I A while back, I got the Avatar cookbook. And... <laughs> They, they I break it up it. according to the different nations, and I was like, "Ooh, ooh, ooh. spicy!" Fire baby. Nation has all the spices, all the spice. and, I, and I, all the spices, and I and I understand. I, I think that Sozin maybe was on to something. He just wanted to to share the culinary brilliance of his people with the oh. world because they didn't use no seasonings in the, yeah, the mother's hey, tribe, Earth Kingdom, I a mean, little bit. But. This word bender just convinced us that Sozin was a good guy. So I, you are a master. You are officially. Thank you. I did not know that was possible. You got to us 
through our stomachs. You got to he us through the delicious spices of the really fire yeah, we Dang. just have to look at it from from what he was. Was he the best communicator? Was his was his was his plan the best? No. Do you go out there perfect every day? Do you? No, <laughs> none of us do. And I think that we should allow for a little bit of grace, some thought yeah. bending, change those patterns. Fire Nation, join yeah. the Fire Nation. A little Fire Nation, little Earth <laughs> Kingdom, working. little Water Tribe in the group. It's a pretty balanced group. Pretty balanced. It is group. a very balanced group. It's a very balanced group. I am so impressed with all of our guests. You guys came up with some brilliant, wonderful, in some cases hilarious, some just perfect bending styles, new types of bending. Um, this has been so much fun to talk to everyone. I don't want it to end. Ugh. But Thank I guess you. it is Thank ending. You. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining us on this very special episode of Brave New Elements. It's great to hang out with you guys and uh, and talk all things Avatar, especially the bending. We definitely, I think we made a ripple. A ri- we yeah. may not have broke the whole thing, but we definitely yeah. maybe, we might have progressed it and at least yeah. sent a nice ripple across the Avatarverse, Barney. I feel it. I feel it. Will you all tell us where we can find you if you would like uh, folks to check you out on social media and all that good stuff? Tiffy, what about you? Oh, yeah. You can find me on all social media, TikTok, Instagram. I stream on Twitch. It's at Tiffy Starchild. I also have a villain PR series that floats around a lot where I literally defend villains. So you might have seen me talking my mess there. <laughs> so Love. Love it, love it, love she it. She is Fire Nation, you guys. She's Fire Nation. I'm over there. Fire Nation. It is what it is. And please, for real, have me back when you when we're talking Zaheer because I got things yes. to say. Oh, I we couldn't miss it. Couldn't miss it. Caitlin, what about you? Um, you know, I, I'm casually on Instagram at, at dancer Kate K8 um, or Muggle Snuggle Music. Uh, if you want to hear some tunes from my band, uh, we're always looking at into making music from other fandoms. So M- Muggle Snuggle Music um, on Instagram and Facebook. Love, love, love it. Noah, what about you? Yeah, and I'm on. Uh, Twitter and well, the app formerly known as Twitter and uh, Instagram as and Nordengrin. Nordengrin being my last name, pretty phonetic, so it's not difficult to spell. Awesome, awesome. awesome. We'll make sure it's in the the description too, so people can check it out if they need to. Awesome. Well, everyone, please go think on all of these new bending styles. Figure out if any of them are for you. Um, I definitely know I'm going to be doing some hair bending later, so uh, I'm really looking forward to that. And we Shout will out to talk all the smell to benders you. out there. Shout out to all the smell Shout benders. Shout out to the <laughs> smell benders. <laughs> we will talk to you next week on Braving the Elements. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Avatar Braving the Elements. Want more Avatar? Follow the official Avatar Braving the Elements account on TikTok at, at Avatar Official Podcast. This podcast is hosted by Janet Varney and Dante Bosco. The theme song was composed and produced by Jeremy Zuckerman. Audio production and editing was provided by Z. Rodriguez Thomas and MindJam Media. Avatar Braving the Elements was executive produced by Lynn Keston Sessler. Produced by Lisa Summerscale Steeler with consulting producer Janet Varney with production support from Kira Chow and special thanks to Avatar Studios, Garrett Veltis, and Danielle Pretzfelder Demchik. Trademark copyright and phono record 2023 Viacom International Incorporated, all rights reserved. This has been a Nickelodeon original podcast.